הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדורנו ולכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר קדוש המשר בארץ המה. הוא יבחן לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחל נובע מכוח חוכמה רבנו נחמן פייק בן שמחה. נא נח נחמה נחמנה אומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. ברוך השם תלה בשביל תורה עין חטא אבליקו תמור אנטיניאנה. This Torah has a very special story behind it. A very, very deep, profound, practical lesson. A lesson that speaks to each and every one of us. And it's a very emotional lesson in the life, uh, lifetime of Rabenu, being that this is the second to last Torah he ever gave. And um, it's a beautiful story. For more understanding of the story, I think there might be a class or two on YouTube. Um, uh, what do you call that? We did on it. If you go to Breslov over there, the, uh, the channel called Breslov. And um, that's B-R-E-S-L-O-V-E. Over there, I think we did a class in Torah with regard to the simplicity of a person. But um, it's a very, very special Torah. And um, we're going to speak about this idea of behaving in simplicity. Especially... Um, Especially if you go to the French classes, this person speaks French, go to Nathan Luzon. He has a beautiful Torah, and a beautiful story and explanation of what happened behind the story. But um, it's a very special thing. Rabenu was going through the worst part of his tuberculosis at this point. He was very, very sick. And um, the entire story that happens over there, go to Chaim Oran, it speaks about it. And um, one will be very enlightened. But nonetheless, let's hop into this Torah. We're going to do this Torah in two parts, but um, it's going to be a bit longer, so both parts are going to be a bit longer, but we're going to see also tomorrow's lesson, um, the famous phrase Rabbeinu said, there's no such thing as despair in the world at all, and this comes from this Torah, that phrase comes from this Torah, but let's hop right into it and we'll see it for ourselves, now we're going to study the subject with regard to why the tzaddik ha'emet, the true tzaddik, behaves in simplicity at times. Hainu, meaning, Sometimes the true tzaddik is literally a simple man completely, literally. Shekorim prastik, which we call a prastik in Yiddish. Prastik means a simple, simple person. That he comports himself in the ways of simplicity. And he doesn't reveal any Torah lesson. And he engages in mundane conversation, etc., etc. All these examples of engaging in simplicity. Sometimes the tzaddik engages in this manner. And Rabbanu is going to explain why. In, um, sorry, I went back. And at that time when the tzaddik is engaging in this simple manner, he's literally a simple person. Da, now we're going to understand. Rabbanu says no. The essence of life is the Torah. This is true life. Moshe Katub is brought down in Dvarim, chapter 30. It's your life and the length of your days. This is the Torah. The, the, the who over there in the verse is referencing the Torah. It's your life and the length of your days. Anyone who separates himself from life, as, from the Torah, is as if he separates himself from life. And um, a very deep Zohar, funny enough, that I was actually reading very recently about Rabbi Yehuda, Pata Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, I think, it, I believe it's in Parashat Yitro, 
um, and he says over there that one who separates himself from Torah is as if he separates himself from two types of life, the life in this world and the life in the next world. But one who separates himself from Rabbi Shimon is as if he separates himself from everything. Being that attaching yourself to the tzaddik is the highest form of uh, attaching yourself to the Torah. It's as if you separate yourself from everything. So the tzaddik is even higher than Torah, as we saw actually in the lesson very recently. Um, as we literally just saw in the lesson, Torah uh, 75. Um, so we see this idea, we saw two days ago. But nonetheless, we're going to see this connection between the tzaddik I met and the Torah in itself, and uh, the connection between the two. But we're going to understand why the tzaddik separates himself from Torah, as if we can say. And why he engages in simplicity at times. So one who separates himself from the Torah is if he separates himself from life. And therefore, At first glance, this seems puzzling. It's amazing. It's awesome. How is it even possible to separate yourself from the Torah, even for a short while? It's certain, Rabbeinu says, the truth is this must be unavoidable. Meaning you have to separate yourself from the Torah at times. It's impossible to be completely attached to the Torah 24-7. Day and night. Without a moment, without a moment's interruption. And even the, the person who studies, the studious person, the person who engages in the Torah, who engages in the Gemara, Rashi, Tosfot, and all the commentaries, the, the real study of Torah, etc. Each and every person according to his level, according to how much he's engaged in studying the Torah, it is certain that he must nullify himself from the study of Torah at least one moment during the day, some hour, whatever it is. And even a master of insight, a person who has tremendous understanding in the Torah, Deep spiritual perceptions. And even someone who is extremely, extremely high, even Rabbi Shimon It's a, the person is obliged to go through some period in which he stops and he ceases from engaging in these spiritual perceptions for some sort of amount of, of some sort of time. Doesn't matter how much the time is, but even the greatest tzaddik has to stop. Even for a little bit. Because it's impossible to be completely bound to the Torah and its perceptions without, without uh, stopping, without any interruption. Because it's necessary for a person to stop for however little, for however t- uh, much time that is for a moment during the day, whether it's to do business, etc., or whether it's to engage in the needs of the body, for example, to use the restroom, or etc. And the main idea is what? It's impossible in any single given circumstance to be completely attached to the Torah and perceptions without interruption. You need to go through this point of cessation, meaning you need to nullify the Torah just up however long that time is, but it's impossible to be, to be completely bound to the Torah, 24-7. And in that moment when he's stopped, stu- uh, when he's um, 
interrupted from the Torah. Then that person who is lamdan, that person who has intelligence in studying the Torah, or a master of insight, he's the aspect of a literal, literal simple person. Hainu plastic, meaning he's called, he's a plastic at that moment. Meaning when he's not engaged in the Torah, he's a simple man. And on first glance, this is very difficult. How is it possible to separate yourself from the Torah even for a single given moment? Because isn't it our life? As we said above. And who is it that wants to separate himself from life even for a single moment? For a single instance? So Rabbeinu says, how does it make sense that we can separate ourselves from the Torah, even for a moment, given the fact that the Torah is our life? Even though the Chachamim say in the Gemara Menachot, that the cessation of Torah, when a person stops and interrupts the Torah, this is what perpetuates it, this is actually what enables it to continue. We say this in the Gemara, that meaning sometimes the stopping from studying Torah is actually what allows it to go on further. Even though that's true, nonetheless, who still wants to stop himself from the Torah? Even though is that the stopping of Torah is what perpetuates it. Who really wants to stop from the Torah? Because nonetheless, it's much better. It's much better. Certainly, to be attached to the Torah. Because it's the life and the length of our days. And who is it that wants to separate himself from life for one single given moment? Certainly, this is applicable to one who attains and merits the love of the Torah. And he's very diligent in the Torah. And he's very attached to it. Although more so, one who truly merits to feel the sweetness and to taste the sweetness of the Torah. To create a novelty in the Torah. Even a simple idea on the commentary, the basic commentaries of the Gemara. All the more so, the greater a person gets, the more insights and perceptions he has. And specifically, one who merits the treasure house of the king. And that level of a person who enters this treasure house, it's impossible to fathom with the mind. So, for someone that we can't even fathom who's so attached to the Torah, how is it that he? can want to separate himself from the Torah even for a single instant. Because the truth is, it is certainly impossible to attach yourself constantly and engage in the Torah. Constantly. Because you must stop for a single given moment, whatever it is. And now Rabbeinu asked the question, if that's the case, if a person must stop and cease from the study and engaging in Torah for a single given moment, what's that moment life force? Meaning, what is giving him life if he stops, if he ceases from the Torah? Isn't the essence of life given from the Torah? So if you stop from the Torah, how do you have life? Rabbi is asking a brilliant question here. Arda. And Rabbi answers, however, know this. 
כי הצדיק האמת מחיה עצמו באותו הזמן שהוא איש פשוט כנ"ל מהדרך של נשיאת ארץ ישראל. The true צדיק, he brings himself vitality and life force. And that, in that moment when he's a simple man, meaning in the moment when he stops studying the Torah, how does he bring himself life? Rabbeinu answers, From the pathway of the journey to the land of Israel, the pathway which leads to Eretz Israel. On that pathway, that's the life force which the tzaddik brings himself um, during the time when he's a simple man. So that's where he, get, that's where he gets his life from. Kida, because know this, he called Elu Apshutim, I know Zealam Dam Meshashim Vatal Minatora, she asked who Ish Pashut Kanan, because all these simple people, meaning this, this person who's a Lamdan, who's a, a true diligent studier at the time when he nullifies himself in the Torah, in, the, in that moment he's a simple man, right? As we said above. There's so too similarly, just like there's, a, there's the person who engages in Torah and he stops himself from studying the Torah. That he becomes simple. There's literally the simple person, literally. That he didn't study at all. So he's simple constantly. Nonetheless, even though he might not be the best studier, he didn't know how to study the Torah in the best fashion. Nonetheless, he's still an upright person. He still fears God. It's certain that he receives his life force from the Torah. Even those who are lower than those people that we mentioned. Even the other nations of the world, the, the Gentiles. It is certain that they too receive their life force also from the Torah. And now, Rabbeinu teaches us that all these simple people, no matter from the highest to the lowest, must receive or they must have above them this great simple person that watches over them. All these simple people must be, must have above them this Ish Pashut Gadol, this great simple man. That everyone, all these simple people that we mentioned above, through, receive their vitality through this great simple man. This great simple man is the channel which sustains all the other creatures in this world. Because all these simple people we mentioned above need to receive their vitality from the Torah. The Torah is the life force of everything. It's the essence of life. But the truth is, when they're simple people, they are far from the Torah. Because they are a simple people, which we called above this plastic, this simple man. So they need, to, they need to receive their life force from the Torah. Therefore, they need this this great simple man. That through him, he's the channel from which they receive their vitality from the Torah. So what is this tzaddik ha'emet? Lowering himself into the aspect of simplicity. Rabban was saying that sometimes the true tzaddik needs to lower himself into simplicity. In order to bring life to all those who need life, all those simple people. Kida, because know this. Because all these simple, these simple people above, whether it's the person who studies, who engages in Torah for the sake of heaven, because one who doesn't engage in the Torah. 
it does not benefit, his study does not benefit, it does not engage in settling the world, it does not help the world be settled. Because when a person studies for the sake of himself, he's only studying for himself, not for God. And even among studying L'Shem Shemaim or not L'Shem Shemaim, for the sake of heaven or not for the sake of heaven, there's many different levels in between. It's only the person who studies the Torah for the sake of heaven in which he engages in settling the world. So Rabbanu says, whether it's a person who studies the Torah for the sake of heaven, that when he nullifies himself from his study, that he's literally a simple man that we mentioned above, and also with regard to all the other simple people. Each and every one of these people that we mentioned, from the highest to the lowest, according to how much he grasps onto the Torah, depending on how much he grasps onto the Torah, how much he's attached to the Torah, will determine how much life force he receives during the time of simplicity. And where do they receive their life force from? The world's existence before the receiving of the Torah. The 26 generations before the Torah was given was a time in which the Torah was completely, the world was completely sustained on chesed, we're going to see. Because before the Torah was given, the entire world was sustaining off the God's loving kindness. Because the Torah still didn't exist yet. And there was no performance of a mitzvah yet. That through the performance of a mitzvah, the world should sustain itself. Meaning God didn't give any of the mitzvot until the Torah was given. Meaning all the mitzvot come to the Torah and the Torah wasn't given yet and nothing was there yet that the world could be sustained off. God was sustaining the world completely off His chesed and maintaining the world because of His kindness. The essential maintenance of the world and existence of the world depended on God's chesed alone. And now we're connecting the idea because we said above that all the simple people need a great simple man to receive their life force. But where did the tzaddik receive his life force? Now we're going to explain. Because we said above that tzaddik emet, he goes into simplicity and during the time of simplicity he receives his vitality from the pathway which leads to Eret Yisrael. But this has to do with this chesed that we're mentioning in the beginning of creation. And we're going to explain how. And the tzaddik in his time of simplicity the time when he separates himself from the Torah, he receives his vitality from this aspect we mentioned. What aspect? Whenever the world existed solely on God's loving kindness. And now we're going to explain. And this is something amazing. Something we have to live by because we will realize that actually, this is actually where all our vitality comes from. And what is this? This is the aspect of the treasure house of unconditional gifts. The treasure house of free gifts. When God has a treasure house, and from this treasure house, God gives out gifts to people without worthiness. When, even when we're not worthy, God is giving up these gifts. And we're going to realize that actually, we are not really worthy of anything. God is constantly sustaining the world solely from this treasure house. So now we explain this is the treasure house of unconditional gifts. The way that God sustained the world before 
before he gave the Torah was from this treasure house of unconditional gifts. Because, as brother in the Midrash Rabbah, Parashat Kitisa, there's a treasure house of free gifts that anyone who is not worthy, who doesn't have any merit at all, receives from there. And now Rabbanu continues, It's certain that this treasure house is not prepared for wicked people. It cannot be there for wicked people. Because if that's the case, if the wicked people receive from this place, it is certain that he's greater than the tzaddik. Because the wicked person certainly has no merit. And should he merit, on account of this, should he merit on account of this, that he should receive from the treasure house of unconditional gifts? Meaning, the fact that he has no merit should allow him to receive from this? No, no way. It makes no sense that the rasha should receive from this. However, it's certain that the Rasha must not receive from this place. This treasure house of unconditional gifts is solely for the sake of the Tzaddik. Specifically when? When the Tzaddik becomes a simple man. Then the tzaddik makes himself a vessel to receive from this place, this treasure house of unconditional gifts. The rasham must not receive from this, because if that's the case, then what makes him more special than the tzaddik that he receives when he has no worthiness, and the tzaddik also would receive from this. But the rasha also receives from the same place as the tzaddik, it makes no sense. Meaning, you need to have some sort of aspect of merit, in a sense, to receive from this place. And being that this person, the Rasha, he doesn't have much merit, and certainly he should not receive from this very special place, which is reserved only for the Tzaddik. And specifically, when, when the Tzaddik becomes a simple man. We're going to see, and we're going to continue. So when this Tzaddik becomes a simple man, he receives from this treasure house of unconditional gifts, this treasure house of free gifts, when God gives specifically just because He's kind. So this is represented before the giving of the Torah. When the world was maintained and existed solely through God's chesed, free chesed alone. It comes from this place of this treasure house. It says, Because his chesed is forever. And what is this verse being said about it, being referenced about this time before the giving of the Torah? Meaning those 26 generations before the Torah was given was chesed. Corresponding to the 26 generations before the Torah was given. And these 26 Kile Olam represent each generation. Each Kile Olam represents a generation which the Torah was, which the, which the world existed solely because of God's chesed and not because of the merit of the Torah. Because during these 26 generations from Adam until Moshe Rabbeinu, there was no Torah at all. 
all people engaged in was in the settlement of the world, and worldly occupation, and engaging the world, being kind to one another, etc., etc. That was the main task of the world. And the Midrash Rabbah, Parashat Tzav, that it preceded the Torah by 26 generations. The Torah is even greater than the Torah because it preceded the Torah by 26 generations. And it's during that time period, the 26th generation before the Torah was given, where God sustained and maintained the world solely through His unearned kindness alone. That literally we didn't even earn the kindness. God just gave it to us as a gift. But now Rabbeinu explains something amazing. And the truth is, also before the Torah was given, it's certain that the Torah was in existence still beforehand. Because the Torah is eternal. However, during that time period, the 26th generation beforehand, before the Torah was given, the Torah was in concealment, it was hidden. Because the entire Torah, now Rabbanu explains how it was in concealment. The entire Torah is encompassed within the Ten Commandments. As we know, look in the Zohar Kadosh, look at Rashi at the end of Barjam Mishpatim, look in the Kitvei Ramban at the end. Different places which explain that the Torah is encompassed Within the six hundred, within the uh, what do you call it, the Ten Commandments, we know there's six hundred thirteen. Uh, what do you call it? Six hundred thirteen mitzvot and seven mitzvot de rabbanan. Seventeen, seven, six hundred thirteen mitzvot by the Torah and seven mitzvot which the rabbis instituted, and we know there's six hundred twenty words in the Aseret Hadibrot. We see there's many allusions, but nonetheless, that's just one. The Askodem Matan Torah. So we see that the Torah is entirely encompassed within the Ten Commandments. And before the Torah was given, Rabbi says, The Ten Commandments were concealed and incorporated within the Ten Sayings with which God created the world. We know that God created the world with Ten Sayings. A very famous thing that we talked about. But what? As we also saw in, in uh, Ligo de Morantiniana, Torah Ayeh, Lesson 12 of Book 2 of Likud Moran, we saw this idea. But we see this what? That the Ten Commandments, which have the Torah hidden within it, are also hidden within the Ten Sayings. So the Torah was created with the motivation, with what? With the blueprint of the Torah already. So the Torah was in existence already, it was just in concealment. Nimza, we find the result of all this is what? The Torah was entirely concealed and hidden within the settlement of the world when God decided that the world would solely engage on settling. when. All the people would engage solely in the world settlement, meaning not in Torah, but not in mitzvot, but just derech eret, just in settling the world, populating the world. Already within that concept, you have the idea of the Torah. Because the Torah is what motivated that. The Torah was what started it. As we see, the Torah is hidden within the ten, the ten sayings, with, with, which is what created the world. So the creation of the world has a Torah as a blueprint. So the entire Torah was hidden and concealed within the, settling of the, the settlement of the world. And the settlement of the world was created through the Ten Saints. And all the words of this world, all the works and deeds that we do, whether it's one who chops wood, 
Whatever work it is, whether it's a, it's a cook, a constructor, it could be anything. Within each and every single work, the Torah is hidden there. Because everything, every single thing was created with the ten sayings. And within those ten sayings, we have the Torah concealed and hidden over there before the Torah was given. And now we connect everything full circle. So if one does not understand, pay attention because now Rabbeinu is going to tie everything. And it's tzaddik in the time when he separates himself from the Torah and he's in the aspect of simplicity, a simple man. He receives his life force from this aspect before Matan Torah, meaning from the life force, the vitality which sustained the world before the Torah was given which is that hidden Torah within the Ten Sayings. That's where he gets his life force. And this is what Rabbeinu said above when he said that the Tzadik Ha'emet brings himself life force in the time of his simplicity from what? From the pathway which leads to Eret Yisrael. What does that even mean? What is Rabbeinu saying? Take a look at the words. This is the journey on the road to the land of Israel, which we said above. That the tzaddik in his simplicity receives his vitality from that place, that journey on the way to Israel. Why? Because what? The tzaddik receives his life force from that, uh, from that journey to the land of Israel. And what is that journey from the land of Israel? The holiness of the land of Israel receives all its holiness from where? From what it says in the Torah, or what it says in Tehilim. Koach Ma'asav, the strength of his acts, he told his nation. This is God. David HaMelech is saying about Hashem Yidbarach. Koach Ma'asav, the strength of God's acts, he told his nation. God told his nation about the strength of his acts, meaning how he created the world, how awesome his actions are. And what is the strength of his acts? To give them the heritage of the nations. Look at the first Rashi of the entire Torah. That Rashi opens up the entire Torah using this verse. What does Rashi say over there? Rashi says on the first verse in the Torah, the first verse, Rashi brings up a question. Why don't we start the Torah with the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh? The first mitzvah of the Torah. Why don't we start the Torah with the first mitzvah? The entire Torah is meant to be given to us for the mitzvot, right? Why start the Torah with the way God created the world? Start. Because we know the Torah is not in chronological order anyways. Why not start the Torah from the first mitzvah? Which makes most sense. Because the Torah is a law book. Barashi answers. This is the reason why Hashem started the Torah with the word Bereshit. In the beginning. Why? So that the Goyim, the other nations, the Gentiles, don't say that we are thieves. When we take Eretz Yisrael back. Why? Because when God created the world... He decided at the beginning of time to give the, the Eretz Yisrael to the other nations. And then after he promised Avram Avinu that we would conquer it back. So when we conquer it back, Rashi is saying already, since the word Bereshit, 
Hashem is telling us that it is He who created the world. And because it is He who created the world, then He can decide who He gives the land of Israel to and who He takes it from. So because God created the world, and that's the first thing that we mentioned in the Torah, this emphasizes the importance that even though God gave the Torah to the Kna'anim, to the other nations, to the other nations of, uh, of the world, nonetheless, it was all meant to be restored and to be given back to the Jewish people. And that's why Rashi starts the first line in the entire Torah with what? Uh, of the, the first commentary he ever gave on the Torah is what? He brings this verse. What? God told his nation of the strength of his strong actions. Meaning what? When he created the world. Hashem is telling the Jewish people, the entire world. And how did he start the entire Torah? He's speaking of the strength of his awesome actions, how he created the world, how he brought the world into existence. Ex nihilo, from nothing into, into existence. How he created something from inexistence into existence. Why? In order simply to teach the world that when we take the land of Israel back, it was meant for us since the beginning. This is why the Torah begins with the first word Bereshit in the beginning. Because Hashem created everything. And with His will, Because with God's will, He gave it to the other nations, He gave Eretz Yisrael to the other nations, but with His will also, He'll take it away. And this is why Rashi says, the word, the Torah starts with Bereshit. And he brings that verse. Now, Rabbi is going to explain that within, when God created the world, Bereshit in the beginning, the first 26 generations, it uses this aspect, the, the meaning behind this verse. That the entire creation of the world is with this idea. Meaning what? Therefore, the essential strength of the land of Israel, the main koach it receives, is from the ten saying with which God created the world, as we just proved. Because the only reason why today Eretz Yisrael has its holiness is because the Torah started with the Inyan and Bereshit, which Rashi says is coming to teach us about Eretz Yisrael. So Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, receives its essential holiness from the creation of the world. Which represents the strength of God's actions. That's what it means when God acts with strength, meaning how He created the world. And it's through that beginning of the word of Bereshit, which represents the strength of God's actions, that what? We were able to go, that the Jewish people were able to go and conquer the land of Israel. And also here, outside the land of Israel, the diaspora, we find this aspect as well. Because the Jewish people, the holy nation of the Jewish people, they come sometimes from places which are very, very far from the land of Israel, from the holiness of Eretz Israel. Sometimes we get to places, we live in places which are very impure. For example, sometimes we arrive in lands which have many idolaters. And even now, there's places which, were, which are in the, the possession of those who are very far from the holiness of Israel. And the Jewish people arrived there. And they conquered the place. And they sanctified so that it should be a Jewish, a Jewish place. And that too is also an aspect of the land of Israel. 
when we're going and conquering the places that we see, when we buy a piece of uh, real estate, for example, and before the owners are, um, are atheists, for example, and you go enter the place and you do Kiddush on Friday night. That is conquering this place. And that is conquering the, the air in which you're in into the land of Israel. Rabban was saying this is the essential aspect of Eretz Yisrael, that you can create Eretz Yisrael wherever you go. That's why Rabban said every single step I'm taking, even though it's not literally on the pathway to Eretz Yisrael, I create Eretz Yisrael. I'm walking to Eretz Yisrael every single moment, Rabban said. Look at Chaya Moran, Rabban said every single step I take, I take toward the journey of Eretz Yisrael. Because every single place Rabban was walking, he's conquering the air to create holy sanctity of the Jewish people. That's what it means to be a Jew, to walk around and to purify the air as you go, to purify the place in which you go to, to literally make it a suitable place for, the, the, for Judaism. And that's what Rabbeinu was saying earlier. Now we're going to see. Rabbeinu is going to tie a full circle. And these people, these goyim, when we conquer these places and turn into the land and the aspect of Eretz Yisrael, they could tell us, they could accuse us of being thieves. You conquered a place which isn't yours. But through God's acts of strength, through the strength of His acts, which means what? Meaning the ten sayings with which God created the world. Meaning the fact that God created the world. With this, that gives us the permission to conquer the entire world and to sanctify it in the same holiness of the land of Israel. Because God created it, with His will, He'll give it to us. We find, we see that these ten sayings in how God created the world, which are garbed within the derech eret, which are garbed and enclosed and disguised within the aspect of derech eret, the way of the land, meaning what? The settlement of the earth and being kind and all these founding principles with which God wanted the world to start with, this worldly occupation, meaning settling the world, that's what Rabban was saying, that with these ten sayings we have within it, garb this aspect, enclose this aspect of their Eretz, meaning settling the world, because it's with these ten sayings that the world was created, and these ten sayings, they are the way to the land of Israel. Meaning what? They allow us, the pathway, to occupy the world and to turn it into the aspect of Eretz Yisrael. This is why it makes sense full circle now. Now Rabbeinu gave us the reason. Because it's through these ten sayings with which, it, which, with, with which we start the Torah with the Rashi that says what? That now because God created the world, we can turn the entire world into a place for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We can make every single place which we go to an aspect of Eretz Yisrael. We turn every single place we conquer into the land of Israel. We bring the holiness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu into this place. And with that, now everything is the ten sayings with, which is what created the world now have infused within it, within it this aspect, this permission that we can go and create everything in the aspect of the land of Israel. It's an amazing thing Rabban was telling us and this is what it means when the tzaddik ha'emet sustains himself in the, uh, with the simplicity or with the free gifts, the condition, unconditional gifts um, of the time period of the 26 generations before the Torah was given. How? Because those 26 generations 
of, before the Torah was given was created by the ten sayings. And those ten sayings have within it the permission that we can go live off this, or that we that have in it this, this holiness of Eretz Yisrael, this derech Eretz Yisrael, meaning that we have the way now. We have this open pathway to conquer everything for the holy, for the holy uh, sanctity of the Jewish people, for the sanctity of Eretz Yisrael. And that's what the tzaddiks have saved themselves off of, that journey on the pathway to Eretz Yisrael. And this goes so deep, so, so deep, because go to Chaya Moran, or specifically, sorry, in, Shif, uh, in, um, in the pilgrimage that is mentioned at the beginning of uh, Aran, at, uh, in Shifchei Aran, the pilgrimage that Rabbeinu took to go to Eretz Yisrael. Over there, we see how Rabbeinu was going to Eretz Yisrael. He lowered himself into a state of simplicity, which is unimaginable. It says over there that Rabbeinu took off his overcloak, and he was walking barefoot throughout the streets. Anyone who studies a little bit of Sod knows that it's uh, terrible to do that. But Rabbeinu completely threw everything away on the way to Eretz Yisrael, meaning he engaged in the most simple manner to hide himself completely from the eyes of the world. As Rabbeinu says over there, that this is this, the essential thing that Baal Shem Tov missed, mistake, why that Baal Shem Tov was not able to go to Eretz Yisrael simply because he acted uh, in the highest fashion, he went with all his honor to Eretz Yisrael, with all his greatness. Rabbeinu says, before you attain the greatest, great, the greatest level of all, which is Eretz Yisrael, you have to lower yourself into the lowest simplicity. And that's exactly what Rabbeinu did, and now we can understand. Because the essential land of Israel, from this lesson, we, Rabbeinu is teaching us a secret that even the Bar Shem Tov did not receive, because had he received it, he would have gone to Eretz Yisrael. Rabbeinu is saying what? That the essential holiness of Eretz Yisrael comes through the aspect of complete simplicity and loneliness. If you want to attain the greatness of Eretz Yisrael, lower yourself. Lower yourself. And that's what he's saying. That Rabbeinu says the essential holiness of Eretz Yisrael gets through these 26, comes from these 26 generations before the Torah was created. Meaning when the Torah was still in its hidden aspect. And sorry I'm repeating, but it's so deep and it's so, it's so special. And it's, uh, it's also a little bit uh, complicated. But may Hashem open up the gateways uh, the gates of understanding. And this um, is the aspect of worldly occupation. Meaning, what's it's a play on the words. It's like the pathway, the road to the land. Meaning, what meaning to the land of Israel. That's what meaning. That's what what is it means worldly occupation, settling the world, which is what God wanted at the beginning of time. Not first engage in mitvot and Torah and all this stuff, but what eret to go chop wood, to build homes, to uh, occupy the world, to get married, this, that, whatever it was at the beginning. Because within that we have the aspect of Eretz Yisrael. Because this derech eretz, this worldly occupation, which is settling the world, which is what was created within the ten sayings, that when God created these ten sayings, when He said these ten sayings, He created this aspect of derech eretz. Rabbi was saying this in itself, this derech eretz in itself, who is the pathway and the road to eretz Israel. This is what it play on the word Eretz. Meaning, what is Eretz? It's the Derech Eretz Yisrael. It's the road to Eretz Yisrael. That's what the Tzaddik sustains himself off of. The road to Eretz Yisrael. Meaning that simplicity with, 
which, which God wanted us to engage in in the beginning of times. And within this Deach Eretz, which really actually in its essence is the road to Eretz Yisrael. It isn't some simple matter. It's very holy. Which is the aspect of the ten sayings um, in which God created the world. And within those ten sayings we have the Torah hidden. It's with, those, with that aspect that we mentioned above. The ten sayings, the Derech Eretz. The Derech Eretz Yisrael. In which the Torah is hidden over there. It's through those concepts which Hashem sustained the entire world in the 26th generation before the Torah was given. With this in itself, the tzaddik brings himself vitality and life force in the time when he's simple, when he's not engaged in the Torah. Because it's in those moments that he brings himself life in the aspect of the Torah that is hidden within the world. With all the words and all our conversations, with all our services and works, whether it's chopping trees or cooking or whatever it can be. That everything, every single act, every single work, every single job was created within the ten sayings and encompassed under the ten sayings. And within the ten sayings, we have what? The Torah is hidden within the Ten Sayings. So everything has an aspect of Torah. When we go to work, everything is an aspect of Torah. We have God engaged in every single aspect of our life. From even the thing which we think has nothing to do with Hashem, from binding books to uh, whatever it is. Everything has God contained within it. And that's what Rabbeinu brings himself to life. That's how the, all the great the tzaddik I met of every generation, they bring themselves to life. And they become this ish pashut gadol. They become this great simple man which sustains all the lower simple people, all of us. So it's certain that the tzaddik Ahmed, when he engages in complete simplicity, that he receives his life, his life force, his vitality, from this derech eretz, this derech le'eretz Yisrael, which existed when God created the world, and then he, in turn, sustains all of the simple people um, of the world, so that we can have life force when we're separated from the Torah. B'zrat Hashem, we attach ourselves to this true tzaddik, Ubehemet, goes into all these sort of rectifications just for us. That's it for today, God willing. Sorry for the long podcast, but it's super deep and there's lots of elements with regard to this. And God willing, tomorrow we'll finish off this most amazing, amazing Torah.